Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the official Copper and Blue podcast. This is going to be our playoff preview edition. Uh, I'm your host, Preston Hodgkinson. Joining me, as always, are my lovely co-hosts, Shona Hickmore and Corey Travers. The Edmonton Oilers ended off their regular season this past week with a loss. I think it was 4-1 to to the Vancouver Canucks this past Saturday, where, let's be honest, not a lot of people were really tuned into that one. It was kind of the... The last game of the season, let's get ready for playoffs. Let's get to the real hockey game. So it's no surprise that they lost that game. But now we're looking ahead this Wednesday. The Oilers open up their round one series against the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts ahead of this? It's looking like the Oilers are running McDavid and Drysaddle on separate lines. Uh, Devin Shore gets a jump up to the third line. And Caleb Jones remains in the lineup. No Chris Russell. I'm, I'm very surprised about that. Yeah, first of all, I'm just I'm just happy to be playing the Jets. Um, I mean, we knew it was going to be this way for a little, for about a week now, I guess. But I, I just think the Oilers are going to smoke them. Uh, you can definitely blame me if there's some kind of jinx that goes on. I will knock wood, as I did last week as well. But, yeah, no, loving it. Loving the matchup. Uh, loving that Jones is in the lineup. Uh, cool. Seems cool that McDavid and Drysdale are on separate lines. Of course, you need a little little extra scoring at the end of the game you can put them together so you can always do that as well um yeah I'm feeling good feeling good about the series yeah I like um I mean just logistically I like playing the Jets I feel like it's a lot easier of a series than going back and forth between Montreal so like I like the logistics of it um I like that Montreal will Montreal or Toronto have played each other pretty close this year so hopefully you know, the Oilers get by the Jets and whoever they get on the other side of that is a little bit worn out. Because, um, you know, Toronto loves uh, bottling um, first round playoffs. So hopefully that one goes long and, you know, four overtimes in the seventh game or something. Um, and then I just, um, I'm glad to see that the Oilers haven't completely reverted to like a, a lineup that, you know, this lineup, I still think, like the projected lineup can actually um, run and gun with the Jets, which, you know, is essential because that's the style of hockey both the Jets and the Oilers have played against each other all year. So um, I got a bunch of people who can't skate or can't skate, you know, or back check or whatever doesn't really help them. Um, you know, that's one of those things where I'm a little surprised where Devin Shore is, but, you know, um, maybe he, maybe he's been doing some stuff in practice that's been fantastic. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. And and then the first line is actually something I like a lot right now. Um, I know Dominic Cahoon has had his consistency problems over the course of the season, but these last few games with McDavid and Pugliarvi on that top line, I think he's done a great job there. I think he's getting to the right spots. He's developing uh, fairly well into that role, and he's getting chances each and every game. It looks like he's kind of trying to be that trigger man that McDavid hasn't had. So it's nice to see Cahoon finally kind of carving out a spot on that top line and giving McDavid two like legitimate options with Puliarvi and Cahoon on his wing. Like he doesn't have to do everything by himself anymore. These two guys have seen have been really good with him. Um, of course, you know, Dry Settle, Yamamoto, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. That's been a line we've talked about for over a year now. Um, they look pretty good together. Um, Yamamoto struggled kind of at the end of the year. Um, missed the last few games with a little bit of an injury. Do you guys think he can find that next level in the playoffs? Does Will he'll be his first ever real playoff series, dude? So do you expect him to uh, to crank his game up a notch? 
I honestly do. I think he's just like the perfect type of player who's going to thrive in the playoffs. Because, uh, you know, usually playoff series a little more physical, a little tighter checking than the regular season, uh, just, you know, the urgency of it all. And, uh, you know, if you just look at Kyler Yamamoto from 100 yards away, you'd be like, well, he's too small, doesn't really fit his game. But his game is actually like a big dude's game. Like he he's feisty as hell. Uh, he plays great when he's playing with emotion. And I think he's going to do well, and especially playing on that line with Nugent Hopkins and and Drysaddle that's worked so well in the past. Uh, I, yeah, I like it a lot. I like that line. This is where I go, like, to the Wayback Vault. Um, Yamamoto always did well. Like, obviously, he hasn't done um, NHL playoffs, but he did very well in the WHL playoffs when he was down with Spokane. So, you know, in the Wayback Vault, he has um, – it's not the same thing, but he has stepped it up for playoffs. Like, he had a – uh, the year Spokane went deep. Um, he had a great year in the playoffs, like just a great, great year overall there, the year he was drafted, but a great year in the playoffs as well. So I think, um, you know, obviously I'll reiterate, not the same thing, but I think it shows that he's got the potential to find that next level in the, the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. It's obviously why I'm here for the way back machine, right? <laughs> 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 yeah, this is going to be a lot of uh, NHL players, Oiler players' first uh, experience with an actual playoff series because I think all of us are in agreement that last year's playing series against Chicago doesn't really count. It was a really unique situation. It wasn't even a best of seven. It was a best of five, so you didn't really get to see the full scope of a playoff series there. So technically, this is Edmonton's first playoff series since the Game 7 against Anaheim back in 2017, so it's been quite a while for a lot of these guys. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl was one of the guys during that 2017 run that absolutely broke out. I would argue he was better than McDavid in that run. And uh, I'm excited to see him get his second shot here. Do you think um, it's going to be more of the same from Dreisaitl? Is he going to kind of replicate that uh, that production he did in 2017? I'm going to say why not. I mean, uh, he was really good in his only taste in the playoffs, and he's just been a really, really good hockey player consistently ever since then. So uh, I wouldn't expect anything but really good play out of Leon Dreisaitl. The one thing I don't think he'll replicate is uh, outdoing McDavid, just because I don't think anyone's really in a position to outdo McDavid uh, in 2021. I mean, that guy's just on another planet. But we're not really talking about McDavid here or comparing Dreisaitl with McDavid, just like relative to every other player in the league, Dreisaitl, I think is yeah gonna have a great playoffs yeah I don't think he'll have like a you know five point night or anything but I think that he'll have a a solid you know performance I think um maybe a six his, point night no no <laughs> maybe like maybe like three couple three point nights I'd be happy oh, with yeah, I think fine. I think um his physicality will take a step up right and I think that um We'll see some more of what Preston's starting to call those patented dry sidle goals, you know. So I think that um, I think he has the potential to really um, have a huge impact on the Oilers playoffs, um, you know. And I think it'll be a positive. I guess you know, there's always that potential knock on wood again for him to have a, a complete dud of a playoffs, but I don't think that'll happen. Like um, between the McDavid and dry sidle have been just too. Um, well oiled zone for them to like suddenly you know fall apart like i just don't i would hope that by now they're both professional enough that they're not going to go to pieces over going back to the playoffs 
right? Well, yeah, and it's, it's kind of different this year because, like I said, the, the, the line mates they have make it so they don't have to do everything on their own. They have some good support on both those lines. You know, you would prefer to have, like, a high-scoring guy on McDavid's left wing, but Dominic Cahoon has been serviceable in, in that spot for the last few games, so hopefully they can ride that hot streak going into the playoffs. Um, one of the things I'm a little worried about is Edmonton's bottom six. We've all seen the stats this year, the advanced analytics for the bottom six of the Edmonton Oilers. And some penalty kill units have better numbers than Edmonton's bottom six. And what we're seeing now is uh, a bottom six that consists of Devin Shore, Jujar Kara, and Josh Archibald on the third line. And then James Deal, Orion McLeod, and Alex Chason on the fourth line. Uh, outside of maybe just Ryan McLeod, there's not a lot of high-end um, skill there. I would like to see a guy like Ennis in the lineup rather than Devin Shore or James Neal even. And well, there's uh, the- a lot of, um, with Neil and Chisson, there's the potential, like there has been skill. Um, both those guys have had skill before. They just don't, they're at the end of their, you know, they're reaching the end of their careers. They're not the, the players they were, you know, a few years ago. Um, I guess there's always the potential that, you know, you're keeping them there just because like, if you look at Neil, he has way more playoff experience than most anybody else on the Oilers team not because he's been in Edmonton let's be you know frank about that but like he's been on teams that have contended he's been on teams that have won you know so I can see sort of the purpose of of that if you need a steadying presence because your team is full of freaking I'm trying not to swear so Corey can earn us our explicit tag this week um but uh, like there's Oilers have what more players that have, haven't been to the playoffs or have only been to the playoffs once, I think, than just about anyone I can think of, right? Like, who? There's nobody on this team that's been that start this, this uh, core member of the Oilers team, you know, that we haven't traded for that hasn't, you know, we haven't developed anyone that's been to more than one playoff round through more than one playoff round, right? Yeah. Like. Yeah, so I guess you could make a, a definite case that James Neal does bring a lot of experience there. Maybe a steadying presence for a guy like uh, Ryan McLeod, who, like, let alone this being his first playoff series in, a, in the National Hockey League, this is like his first few 10 games in the league. So it's a big step up. So maybe having him there is uh, some valuable. I'll also give some credence to having Josh Archibald in the lineup. I've liked his play um, all season long. He's like the epitome of exactly what you want him to do he's never like super terrible and he's never super good. He's just right in that sweet spot where you're just like, okay, it's Josh Archibald. He does what he does. And he's fine when in that role. Um, yeah. Low ceiling, yeah. but thing. low, like high floor. He's very, you know, yeah, if he I were, a, if he were a, a, a concept for like a person's well-being, we'd say he has, he's in the window of tolerance. <laughs> like, <laughs> not really bad. Not really good. Just, just go. <laughs> right, right down the plate. Um, one, one thing I'd be interesting, or I, I am interested to see over the, especially if the, the playoff run goes long, which would be great is, uh, I know that teams have a tendency to kind of lean on their stars or lean on their top few lines, top defense pairing, what have you over the, in the playoffs more than they would in the regular season. Like where do the Oilers go with that? Who already leans so hard on dry saddle and McDavid, like, are they going to be averaging, 30 minutes a night as forwards. Like, are we going to just see some unheard of stuff from those guys? Because 
I mean, the thing about the Oilers and everyone talks about how bad their bottom six is, and that's absolutely right, but they kind of get away with it because they don't play them that much because they lean on their stars so much. But like, there's got to be a, there's got to be a a limit to that at some point. Well, Well, yeah, with the playoffs coming too, it's harder hockey, right? And you just look at those Montreal games and you can't play McDavid and Drassel for crazy minutes in games like that without risking serious injury or them missing some time. So yeah, yeah you're right. Even them getting tired if, if you know, cause they're harder games to play. Even yeah. If they don't well, get injured. I think that the, the others do have one benefit in leaning on them so hard all through the season is that it's not going to be this, you know, I don't think it's going to start as this huge jump, you know, where other teams that, you know, maybe have spread their, their minutes out, God, I can't believe I'm about to say this. They spread their minutes out better amongst their four lines. Give me four lines, Dave Tibbet. But um, the Oilers haven't done that. So, you know, if you're not a, a forward who's gone from playing 15 minutes a night to playing 22 minutes a night, you know, in the first two lines for a team, the Oilers are literally already there. So McDavid and Dreisaitl and the guys that they drag around with them Yeah, I guess they'd be used more used to, used to, to it. Yeah. yeah. We'll that's Tim playing 40 chess. That's that's good. <laughs> God, I can't believe I can't plan, believe yeah. I'm thinking like positive Tim, Dave Tippett thoughts. Everybody knows yeah. how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting, uh, especially Jujar Kara. I know before we started recording this show, now you had a lot to say about Jujar Kara being put in a third line center role because of his injury history this season, and I am in complete agreement with you. This is a guy that looked like he was completely out of it two times this season, like had to be helped off the ice. And he was conscious, but not all there both times. Um, Putting him in the the third line center role is a risk. You know, Corey's just said, I I hate this. And Corey's just said the reason why is, you know, if the NHL hockey was hard before, you know, it's going to be more physical. It's going to be harder. And this kid, because for me, he, you know what? He's in his mid twenties. He's, he's, you know, he's got a target on his back. You know, people know he's just come back from an injury, you know, and as shitty as it is to say this, there I go. I've earned us the explicit tag. Um, this is playoff hockey and guys aren't going to be like, Oh yeah, we can't hit him as hard because he's just come back from two concussions this year. They're going to be like, hit him harder and put him out. You know, yeah, that's the nature of things in this league. And this player safety hasn't showed uh, much of a, a desire to change that, right? Well, and player medical hasn't shown much of a desire to fucking curb their willingness to go out there and, you know, shorten their lifespans. You know, mm-hmm. we don't see, this is my rant from last week that we didn't have time for, we don't see, uh, you know, considered effort to make them wear their equipment properly. You know, you don't see any of that kind of conscious work that would, you know, help make it less dangerous for these guys. And then you get to playoff hockey's at playoff hockey and the refs go, Oh, you know, just let them play, you know, let just let them bounce, you know, bounce each other's brains around in their heads. Like, you know, they're not soft and squishy things that get destroyed. Yeah. Oh, and you know, if they were hiding injuries during the, fucking season you better believe during the postseason they want to play you didn't play however many games you didn't work for however many years to sit on the goddamn bench during the postseason especially if you're an Oilers player and you don't know if the next one's coming in five years or ten years or next year yeah you know so you're putting him in a situation that's literally designed 
for him to keep quiet about getting hurt. Yeah, that's 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 been my thoughts as well. Uh, ever since he came back to the lineup, there's nothing against Juju Kara's play on the ice. I think he's been just fine. Um, Shona, I know you don't like it when I describe players as being just fine. <laughs> I just, I just, I love that. It's, it's like it's Preston's backhanded compliment. You're just fine. Yeah, <laughs> you're not, you're not good enough for me to I'm like not you. Not you're not good fine. enough for I mean, me to dislike you. You're, you're just not. fine. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I just don't want this guy to get injured and then have to deal with an injury for the rest of his life and end his career prematurely. I just want him to get better and into a, a headspace where he's able to go back into situations like these without this much of a risk. Right now, I'm not a, I'm not a doctor. I don't know what the situation is. It seems like it was pretty rushed for him to come back into the lineup. So hopefully everything goes fine. Um, but if something doesn't go fine, I wouldn't be surprised. And that sucks. Um, I'm going to skip over the defensive group that we have right now because I feel like we've talked about these parents to death. They're the usual suspects. It's Nurse Barry, Kulikov, Larson. Hey, hey, they're uh, not the usual suspects. You just pointed out we didn't get Russell back. That's true. I was just about to say something about that. The only real big difference is that we have Caleb Jones making the lineup, a playoff lineup, on a, the third pairing with uh, Ethan Bear. So, yeah, the, like you said, the surprising thing is is that we did not see Chris Russell come into the lineup so i wanted to get you guys' thoughts of what you expect caleb jones's first uh playoff experience and hey ethan bear's first playoff experience as well um and how that will go this again uh, in this first round series against the jets yeah i mean i would expect a lot out of bear because he's arguably at times our best defenseman uh i i nurse is probably the the the, the safer pick there but he, he's definitely top two um playing with Jones, who's also, I'd say, comfortably a top five or so defenseman on our team. So, I, you know, I expect him to play at least like a decent third pairing, if not better. I mean, that could be our second pairing. You call them the second pairing, uh, and I feel like I would feel a little bit better about our, our six defensemen who are dressed, and I wouldn't be obsessing over the fact that, uh, you know, Evan Bouchard plays well every game that he gets in and, and isn't in the lineup, which I'm still upset about. And I was going to find a way to shoehorn that into the podcast, no matter how this discussion went. But yeah, no, I expect them to both play well because they're good players. And, uh, you know, they've they brought it all year. Um, you know, Barrett, a bit of a slow start by his standards, but I think he's been really solid down the stretch. And he was, like I said, probably our best defenseman last season, last full season. So, uh, yeah, let's 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 go, boys. Yeah, I think they might like have a little bit of a. Maybe that first game will be a little bit rough. So Tippett, don't just bench them, you know, but it's their first playoff game, right? And um, the only thing, the only good thing I see about playing them in the third pairing is that you can play them with a little bit more of a, a sheltered minutes situation so that they can get um, a, a bit of a feel for the playoffs before you, you know, maybe, you know, move them up or move somebody up to the second line or, or the second pairing or, you know, maybe the, the first pairing. Ooh, you know, the, the, the heralded first pairing that belongs to nurse and Barry all season. <laughs> well, you know, we um, have thoughts on that. Let's not revisit them. <laughs> yeah. We, you guys, if you've been listening to this podcast, know exactly how you feel about Tyson Barry on that top line uh, or top pairing for the Oilers. Um, I'm going to kind of break my rule here. I do want to talk about Kulikov and Larson because, you know, they do seem like a, a nightmare for puck movement and for periods of the time of the season they have been. But, you know, coming into the playoffs where there's harder hockey being played, it's almost, I think it's almost good to have two guys like that on a pairing together. They really shut down 
uh, a lot of good offensive guys. They play a hard game. I think they will actually play pretty well this series against a, a really skilled Winnipeg team. Yeah, I mean, I think I'd probably prefer to see the, well, really any any defenseman paired with them other than just having them play together. I, I both think, I think they both probably deserve to be playing in the top six, like uh, playing most games. But yeah, I'm not a huge fan of putting all your eggs in the playing hard basket and none of your eggs in the moving the puck basket on the same pairing. Uh, I'd rather you put Larson with, an Ethan Bear, maybe, uh, who he can defer to if, uh, you know, the four checks coming in hard and just just do that simple D to D pass, let Bear make the tough pass uh, because he's better at it. But yeah, I mean, they, they do play that game well. And I think that game has traditionally, uh, you know, a lot of people would suggest that playoff hockey is is harder, which I, which I believe it is, and that their style of play is more suited to playoff hockey, which I'm not sure if that's as proven, but yeah, no, they, they play that role. Well, I just, I'm not a huge fan of playing them together necessarily. Yeah. yeah. I, I kind of sit with Corey on this and it's not even that I think you should put all your playing hard eggs. You shouldn't put all your playing hard eggs in one basket. I think you also shouldn't play all your playing offensive eggs in one basket. Like quite frankly, um, and we've been over this. There are days where I watch nurse and Barry and I'm just like, Oh, 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 not such a defensive, you know, this is a defense and you're not doing such with the, 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 the defending, you know, like you're, you're doing great at the moving the puck forward and being in the, you know, offensive zone. But if I check what you're actually been hired to do, it's defend. Okay. Right. And I think it, it, um, it could be important for the Oilers. Like if they end up deep in this series with the jets, I hope they don't, but the Jets are fast and the Jets are run and gun, you know. So if your goalie's having a less than stellar game, knock on wood that neither one of them do, but it's a potential, um, you need something, you know, you need more than one pairing that can shut them down, right? You yeah. you need you need ideally you need three strong pairings, you know, that can move the puck and can shut people down and can read the play really well. And I don't think you need one pairing that can really move the puck really well. And one pairing that can read the play really well and move the puck really well. And one pairing that can shut everyone down. You know, that's, um, that seems like you're like, I get it. It's a uh, specialization of tasks. Um, but at the same time, you need all your guys to do all the things. So, or, and by all your guys, I mean all your pairings to do all the things. So if you don't start integrating different styles of play, we're going to be, let me earn that explicit. We're going to be fucked if the jets get by, you know, if Mike Smith's having a, a, a bad night or Koskinen's having a, you know, that game against Vancouver where four out of four shots went in the net night, you know, like, and if the Oilers want out of this series with the Jets and, you know, through the next series as well, they need to not be doing that shit. Right. Yeah. We need, um, we need solid play, complete gameplay, like 60 minutes of play, not two lines that can run the puck and a defensive pairing that thinks it's a, the third forward line, you know? Yeah. No, yeah, we've seen recently that happening where the Oilers get, but like you said, that four shots on four goals 
Uh, it was mostly on Miko Koskinen, but you know, it's also the result of defensemen not the, deciding not to play defense, right? And it's hard to dig yourself out of a hole in the regular season. It's going to be that much harder to do it in a playoff series as well. So you you hope that they can kind of oh. rediscover something on those other pairings that aren't Kulikov and Larson and try to have a more of a focus on defense in these well, first and it few just, games. Well, it worries me because if they get behind, they're going to play McDavid and Dreisaitl more. They're going to lean even harder on them, which, you know, leads to a greater potential for injury or, um, you know, any of those things we don't want to happen. And if we lose McDavid or Dreisaitl early in the – you know, the playoffs, this is kind of, let's throw it in the way, way back machine. This is like the 2006 Stanley cup final where you lose Rollison in like game one, right? Like it's not good. It's a bit not good. So, yeah. you know, on, on the bright side, I think uh, the, the good thing to look at here is that Jets fans are probably having the exact same discussion that we are. Uh, except for they're dealing with more talent on the on the other side, uh, meaning that like the Jets don't defend all that well either. Uh, but we've got Leon Drysidle and Connor McDavid to make them pay for it. So it, it could just be a, a really wide open series. Yeah, uh, that's I hope for that, but at the same time, I would rather they don't count on that. You know, you know, in the X factor, dominate all facets. The X factor. I, I feel like. I honestly feel like they didn't take Chicago seriously enough last year and they didn't make the playoffs because of it. I think that they can't afford to make the same mistake with Winnipeg. They need to take Winnipeg seriously, even if like you're saying, Corey, you know, overall they're a less talented team, you know, and they don't have a great defense. Well, don't take that for granted because it's playoff hockey, right? We took Chicago for granted and suddenly they were playing in the hub city and we weren't. And the Hub City was here, right here in Edmonton. They were playing in our home rink and we weren't. Um, the X factor in all of this, if the Jets are able to do what Shona just said and take advantage of the way that's underestimating them, is going to have a big reason to do with uh, Connor Hellebuck in net for the Winnipeg Jets. He's uh, been the reigning Vesna Trophy candidate this season. He's going to be in the conversation to repeat as the Vesna Trophy winner. And he's maybe the best player on that Winnipeg Jets team. If uh, he becomes hot in this playoff series, it's going to be a lot harder for the Oilers to come out of it as easily as we expect. He has been struggling lately, so has the entire Jets team. But as we've learned in years past, this regular season season doesn't matter. Okay, Teams could, could play like trash going into the playoffs and completely turn it around. So the Oilers should not be taking the Winnipeg Jets for granted, especially when the goaltender matchup is Connor Hellbuck versus Mike Smith, who has been good this year, but has a history of being wishy-washy yeah yeah I mean, for sure. yeah uh the only the only uh the only thing i'll say there and this is just to kind of get everyone in a good mood i feel like that's what i'm doing right now um <laughs> good job Corey. uh you know connor hellebuck's great mcdavid and dry style are better i just feel like yeah. they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna score some goals you're not gonna no. stop that from happening you yeah, definitely not um uh I think it's the rest of it. You know, if Hellebuck is is fantastic, then the rest of the Oilers team has that much a part of her job, you know, um, because there'll be less. Um, I don't want to call them freebies, but less uh, coming off the sticks of McDavid and Drysaddle. So everyone else will have to work harder. Um, I'd like not to see that. I never want to see goalies do poorly. That's, you know, a, a thing where uh, I cheer for goalies and the rest of you cheer for forwards. But um, 
I do, I do, I would like to see him have a less than stellar playoffs. I, <laughs> I think we all say. would, right? I feel um, a little, little, let me just get this off the top. I, I, I know we've been kind of negative for a lot for a lot of this, but the, um, and then Corey's been a resident optimist. Um, but I still do think the Oilers are in a great position to win this series. I think this is a better lineup than we iced in 2017, and they made within a game of the conference finals. So I think the Oilers this year have a much better opportunity to do the same. Um, and I think I think they will be able to take this series. So just to kind of end our discussion about this uh, opening round series, I want to get predictions for everyone, starting with Corey, Shona, and then I'll go last. So what do you guys think this series will come of? I mean, uh, so number of games, uh, let's say five. I'll say five so that I don't seem like too much of a homer. Um, I really want to say sweep. You, I think you both know I want to say sweep. Just say uh, sweep, yeah. man. Just say sweep. You don't need to be realistic. I'll go with sweep, but one of the games goes to overtime. So it's almost okay. like it was went five. Like it maybe maybe two overtimes. Oh, okay. Two overtimes. Whoa. Yeah. So they there played four games, but they played 14 periods. All right. Joanna? Yeah. Uh, I think that it'll be the Oilers, but I think it'll be six games. Ooh, a little harder fought, eh? I think that the Jets are uh, – I think that Jets fan or the Jets team has also got a lot to prove, so I think that they're going to come out uh, swinging. But I do think it'll be the Oilers in six. Yeah. and uh, Come on, I- guys. This is my – my position is to be the realistic – expectations thank you <laughs> we got a sweep we got oilers in six i'm gonna say oilers in five i think connor hellebuck will turn it on for one game and steal a game uh in this series but the oilers will just overwhelm them with Connor mcdavid and leon drysell absolutely firing on all cylinders that's gonna do it for our first half of this episode stick around we're gonna be talking about the other playoff series happening in the nhl including one that just happened while we're recording this the Minnesota Wild upset the Vegas Golden Knights one nothing in overtime. We're going to talk a little bit about that and much more. So stick around after these messages. All right, and we're back. So we just ended off our discussion about the Oilers and Jets first round series. It's a consensus. The Oilers, we think, are going to take the Winnipeg Jets out. And I would hope since we're round. the Oilers podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're optimistic around here. I know we rag on them a lot, but we're always optimistic at the end of things, I hope. Um, so now we're going to talk a little bit about the other series around the NHL. Um, starting with the other North Division matchup, the Toronto Maple Leafs. And Montreal Canadiens is the first time these two teams have met in the playoffs since, I think, 1979. So it's uh, going to be a really good one, our original six matchup. And uh, I appeared on the Absent Minded podcast uh, earlier this week. And That's I predicted. A cute name. Why don't we have a cute name yet? <laughs> we still need to develop this. We'll do it over the summer. We'll have a much better name going into the 2021 Absent Minded. That's just. <laughs> but I did say on that podcast that the Montreal Canadiens would upset the Toronto Maple Leafs. The reason being is that I don't trust the Toronto Maple Leafs to ever make it past the first round. And the Montreal Canadiens, they're, they're a pretty balanced team. They're a hardworking team. We've seen that this year. I think they have a real chance at upsetting Toronto. I think that they do as well. I think that the Habs might, I don't know. I think for me, that's a pick them. The Habs might get through. Um, I saw a meme on Twitter that, um, speaks to what you're talking about like they had you know all the different teams and then on the bottom they had uh you know they had cup contenders they had you know going deep they had the oilers as you know in possession of Connor mcdavid and then the the, uh, the leafs down at the bottom is fatally cursed which i kind of feel like um has been their their history lately um 
that being said, you know, they are, uh, the Leafs are, as I hate saying this, an amazingly talented young and just like team with a ton of potential. So if they could get out of their own damn way, they might get through the Habs. I'm a, uh... I, I agree with everything you guys have said about the Habs, about how they're balanced and they're really tough to play against. I'm really glad we don't have to play them, not because I don't think we could beat them, but more because of the toll it would take. Uh, yeah, that being said, I'm real excited about that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's honestly the best part. That being said, I think the Leafs are really fucking good. Uh, and I'm going to catch some heat for saying that on the Oilers podcast where I'm normally the optimist, uh, but I'm going to say something nice about the Leafs now. They are good. I'm worried about them. And I think they're going to meet the Habs in five. Ooh, okay. All wow. Right. I, I have I think the they're Habs going to overcome seven. their curse. I think, I, I mean, their curse might live on in terms of actually winning the whole thing or even making the finals, but I, I think they'll well, win the first round. Their curse is uh, first round, you know, squandering some games and losing in game seven. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I so, that was an original. The, the last couple of times that's happened, that's been an original six matchup too, so – yeah, but they don't have Boston until maybe maybe even the conference finals now. They they completely avoid their their curse there. Um Yeah, well, is but is it, is Boston the curse or is it original 16? Maybe it's the original 16, maybe it's the original 16. Maybe it's I, I did, coming. As far as uh original 6 goes actually. I saw a stat on online and I didn't verify it, so this might be wrong. Um but apparently Every time the Leafs and Habs have ever played each other in the playoffs, the winner has gone on to win the cup. Now there's a huge asterisk of a lot of those times that were just six teams in the league. And a lot of those times it's probably in the cup final, but still kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I hope it's not yeah. true. I would hate that yeah. to happen. I don't want the, the Canadians or the Leafs winning the cup. Cause that means the others don't win the cup. And uh, yeah. I tend to think along the same lines as Gene Prince Spade, the others win the cup this year. No, no doubt about it. Yeah. Sure. Um, Are you, such, you guys are such optimists. <laughs> I can't call myself a fan if I'm just going to be like, yeah, they're going to be bouncing the second round. I'm all in here. They're going all the way. Um, yeah. So I have the, the, the Habs in seven there, but you know, I, I'd be, I'll be honest. I would not be surprised if the Leafs uh, completely destroy that prediction. Um, what do you think about that? What's your prediction for that Shona? Uh, I think it might be the Leafs in seven, but I think Leafs it'll be a seven. hard seven. All right. So they got, I'm, the, like I'm said, the only one thinking be, the Habs are going through. I, I'll accept be, that. It could be, that's that one's hard for me because I think it could flip either way, but I think it'll be a long series. So I think seven, um, no matter who's winning. Yeah, right? for sure. Um, and then uh, Vegas and Minnesota is another one that a lot of people have their eyes on. Uh, the Minnesota Wild just recently, at the time of this recording on Sunday, took home a one nothing overtime win in Game One. Joel Eriksson-Eck had the goal, game-winning goal. Well, Cam Talbot, former Oilers goalie and the goalie in the 2017 playoff run, gets a, a playoff shutout in game one. Um, so Minnesota has a one nothing lead in that series. Uh, we talked a little bit about this before we started recording, but Shona, you mentioned that you think Vegas is going to get knocked down, but come right back up with the next level in the series. I think that I, uh, I, you know, full disclosure, I like Minnesota better than Vegas. Uh, dude Nick played for Minnesota for a lot of years and, you know, I've been in their arena. It's one of my favorite places to be, actually. Um, but I think that I think the the Knights are coming back, and I think that it's the Knights in six. What about you, Corey? I'm gonna have a hard time not picking the Knights just because I think they're a much more talented team. But I will, uh, you know, beat around the bush before I make my pick and say that <laughs> Minnesota has 
played them extremely tough this year. Like they've just had their number. Uh, I've also bet on Colorado uh, to win the whole thing. I put some money there, uh, which may shock some of you who know me as the optimistic Oilers guy, but I just think they have a really good team. Uh, so selfishly for my own bet purpose, I do want uh, I would like to see Minnesota beat them because that makes a bit of an easier road to the final for, for the Avs. But all that being said, I'm going to say, yeah, nights and six. Nights and six. Yeah, I, I, I would love to see Minnesota um, take down the, the Knights because I just can't stand the Knights. The fact that they made it to the Stanley Cup final in year one. I know a lot of people loved it, but as a long-suffering Oilers fan, I'm bitter. And I, I want their fans to suffer a little bit more before they get that success. So it would be nice for Minnesota. How I feel about that too. Yeah. It would be nice for Minnesota awesome. to get it. They have the advantage right now, but you know, yeah, this Vegas team is way too good to to lay down on their laurels and not come back. So I think it's going to be Vegas in five. I think they're going to win, rattle off four straight here, and uh, cast all the doubters aside. Eh, I think Minnesota is going to dig in and get one more. Yeah. All right. So they got some there. fight in them. <laughs> consensus Vegas win to the next round um, who they'd be playing would be either Colorado or St. Louis I think this is a pretty short discussion St. Louis hasn't been great this year Colorado has been magnificent I think they have the best odds to win the cup this in like the past decade they're they're such a great team over there Colorado has been as good as their retro jerseys were I, I adored their retro jerseys. Like Colorado's just been a fantastic team this year. Which yeah, is crazy. I mean, yeah. They have been. Uh, their, their record probably doesn't, wouldn't indicate like the best team or the team most likely to win the cup entering the playoffs in the past few years. But it's just any way you look at it, like they just, they outshoot the hell out of teams. Uh, like you could argue they've been a little unlucky uh, with, with their record based on, you know, advanced numbers. Uh, in addition to that, they've had a shit ton of injuries and injuries to goaltending, which they're no longer going through right now. Uh, they've come through it all, and they just look like a buzzsaw. Uh, so that's why I, I bet on Colorado, as I already said, to win, win the whole thing. I think they have, a, they have a great chance to do it. They are one of the favorites on most gambling sites, but uh, I still think there's a little value there. I think Colorado is a, is a squad. They, they're going to sweep that series. I'll give them uh... – uh, I don't like sweeps. I don't like betting on sweeps. I'd say, but I'd say Colorado in five. I uh, like. I adore the, the the depth and the the just how well put together this Colorado team is. I mean, you know, if I bet like Corey does, I would have put money on Colorado too, and not just because they have my goalie. You know, like um, that team is just amazingly well put together, top to bottom well thought out, balanced, you know, just, um, you know, we talk about the Habs are balanced and, and hard to play, but Colorado is like what the Habs could be if the Habs had stars up front, right? Yeah, like if they had like a like top legitimate five player, top five players in this league and still a balanced, amazing team, right? Like, yeah. you know, you've got Makar, you've got Landeskog, you've got, you know, even Bone Byram, who's up from the Giants this year for the Avalanche, has been not what you'd expect a rookie to be. And I I mean, it's just that team is, like Corey said, a buzzsaw. And I look forward to watching exactly what they do all playoffs. You know? Yeah, I think I'm going with Corey here. I think that's going to be a straight sweep. I think they're going to absolutely overwhelm the Blues. I don't think they have much of a chance that 
I hope winning so, the series, let alone winning a game against that, the Colorado that's Avalanche. Same time, you know, they've thrown stinkers out where they lost to the Blues like six one or something. So let's not happening. I mean, it's, it's actually so hard to sweep a team in the NHL. Like the odds are never really for it, just because mm-hmm. hockey's such a random game. There's so many bounces. So like. Speaking real, like if if you're listening to us for advice on a on a bet or anything like that, I would suggest <laughs> one why <laughs> don't do that. Uh, but yeah, when I say sweep, like it's still probably a little unlikely that they get the sweep, but I just think they're such a good team. Yeah, yeah, and that's why that's exactly why I'm also predicting a sweep there. Uh, Shona's probably on the safe side there. Five games. Shona's always likely. on the safe side. But for for the the sake of dramatics and uh, flair, I'm going with Corey here on the sweep. Um, the other kind of weird, I guess this would be a West playoff matchup. It's, it's a weird one. It's, it's the Nashville Predators versus the Carolina Hurricanes in the first round matchup. Um, Isn't again, that East? that's gotta be East. Well, like, I mean, Nashville's in the central. Weird. Usually They're gonna, it's so weird. With the North Nobody's where they usually are. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> this is the last one that features a uh, West, a traditionally Western conference team. So it's Nashville versus Carolina. I think is this is much like the Colorado St. Louis series where, and I think Carolina is so much better than Nashville that it won't be much of a series. I think it's going to go five, maybe six, but Carolina's winning this one with, with relative ease. 100% Carolina's winning this one. Yeah. It really pisses me off, but um, I like Carolina. <laughs> I think that they're fun, but yeah. at the same time, you know, um, I don't like seeing Carolina in the playoffs when the Oilers are legitimate you know, legitimately in the playoffs as well right now. Um, the way, way back machine has memories, you know, from when Preston was like six. Um, but I, I don't like, I don't like them either, but you know, I think I, that I they're, they're going to be fantastic. Um, yeah. Again, with the building of the team, that's the balanced and strong and not, you know, leaning on one line and one defensive pairing who even knew you could do that. Yeah. No one in Edmonton knew that you could do that. Carolina in five. Honestly, like everything nice we've said about Colorado basically applies to Carolina as well, with the exception that, you know, the Ajo and Sveshnikov aren't quite like McKinnon and Ren. And like they're as deep, possibly deeper, great on the blue line, great forwards. I mean, just a, just a solid team all around, but maybe not quite as much top end talent. Like if, if the Canadians are the dollar store version of a team that's really deep and the, and Colorado are the, the best version of a team that's really deep. Carolina is somewhere in the middle of probably actually closer to Colorado. They're a, they're, they're a hell of a squad. And I think they'll win that in, I'm going to say six, just because the Preds have played better down the stretch. They started really slow and I really like UC Soros. Yeah, you, UC Saros has been the second coming of Pecorina there in, in Nashville, it seems. One thing I will say, I do love Nashville's uh, playoff tradition of having a beat-up car outside their arena painted in the opposing team's logo, that they, and they just let fans wail on it. I love it. I, I absolutely adore that they do that. Um, but yeah, Carolina. I, uh, I don't love that. Well, I guess the States has done a lot better with uh, COVID uh, vaccination. I just don't love anything that puts people out in large groups, but I think they're starting That's to sell fair. tickets. They're starting to sell tickets for hockey games again in the States, I think, at least on yeah, the minor yeah. league levels. So uh, I guess we'll see. They're, they're a lot farther in that, you know, yeah. jab like, people with a needle game. going to have people in it in the States in the playoffs. And some of them, I think Nashville's the one that has the most, with Vegas is right up there too. But they're, they're, yeah, they're going to have 
quite a few people at those games, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and I just I uh, I don't love that. I, I love that tradition. I don't love it for COVID times because a lot of people are touching the same things, and it's all germy and germy. Um, you know, please see. Uh, please see your. Or if you're going, if you're a Nashville fan in Nashville listening to this for some reason, please take your hand sanny with you. You know, in your clear bag or tiny ass clutch that they'll let you in with, because that's another thing. That's, <laughs> fucking ridiculous um, all right we're going we're getting we're running a little long here so we're going to do rapid fire predictions for the remaining three series here um we got pittsburgh new york new york islanders win the first game in overtime they take a one nothing series lead over pittsburgh do you think that lasts what's your guys' predictions here yeah i'll say jordan everlay scores the winner in game seven overtime all right uh i think uh i think new york uh the islanders go through i think um I think like Corey, I think it's six. I'm not going to say Everly scores the game winner in overtime though. I'm just going to say it's seven. Sorry. It's not six. It's seven. Um, New York Islanders through and then into the buzzsaw. That's, you know, another better Eastern team. Yeah. I'm also taking the Islanders. I, I think the, it is going to be a long series like you guys. Um, yeah. Islanders in six. I will go with that Jordan Eberle prediction. He's going to get at least one overtime goal. Maybe not the winner of the series, but he's going to get at least one. All right, moving on. Washington, Boston, Taylor Hall's Boston Bruins fell uh, to a one nothing deficit after losing the first game again in overtime, I think, to the Washington Capitals. Um, Will the Capitals keep going? Well, here's what's going to happen here is uh, they're going to keep going a bit, but it is going to go to seven. And then they'll fall just short when Everly's good buddy Taylor Hall scores in overtime. So, ruins and seven. Uh, my cat apparently has thoughts on that, as you all heard. Um, I think uh, Boston is just a better team overall than um, Washington. So, I think Boston in six. Yeah. Again, I think it's, yeah, it's another series that's going to go. Uh, the distance, I think. I think Boston's trade deadline acquisitions just push them over the top, and I think they'll go. Yeah, seven games. Boston Bruins are going to take down the Washington Capitals. Last series here, probably one that a lot of people are looking forward to: the Battle of Florida, the Florida Panthers versus the reigning Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning. That's a good one. Uh, I mean, the Lightning feel like an easy pick as defending champs, but. The Panthers have been really good this year. And overall, I think I think it'll come down to seven. I think uh, Kucherov coming back is just enough to have the Lightning win in seven. Hmm. I like the Lightning as well. I think that um, their, their team is just better suited to the playoffs um, than the Panthers team right now. Not to say that the Panthers might not be a more legitimate threat next year. I guess we'll see. I think... Um, yeah, I think Lightning in seven. All right, I'm going to be different here. I think Lightning won their cup. They're going to revert back to their disappointing selves in the playoffs. It's going to be the Florida Panthers in six. I think they are just having such a great season that they'll be more motivated than Tampa Bay Lightning. And, you know, guys like Stamkos and Kucherov, if they do come back, I, I think, like you said, Kucherov is for sure coming back. Uh, they're going to be rusty. I don't think they're going to be their best selves. So I think the Florida Panthers will take advantage of that. So I got Panthers in six. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our playoff preview edition of the Copper and Blue uh, podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, let's hope next week we're talking about an Oilers, what, 3 nothing lead? We have three games this week? Something like that. 
Something like that. Well, hopefully Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, something like that. Yeah. So hopefully the Oilers are leading um, when we talk next. Uh, We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening and uh, bye.